Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good afternoon. Welcome to Talk 1370's Ask the Experts, the show all about your health, your life, your home, and so much more with our rotating cast of experts. Don't forget, you can catch up with past episodes of our show anytime, anywhere. Just go to talk1370.com slash experts. Also on the free Odyssey app. Find that in the iPhone app store or in the Google Play store. It's a free download. Click on Talk 1370, click on Ask the Experts, and those podcasts are right there for you anytime, anywhere. Back in the studio with us today is Sunil Verma from Austin Business Brokers. Sunil, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about some key things you want to make sure are in a purchase agreement if you're selling your business or if you're buying a business, things that you want to make sure are taken care of, some key components that people sometimes forget. First on that list is leases, equipment leases. Certainly, if you've got a business that's reliant on a certain piece of equipment that's being leased, you want to make sure that that lease transfers over to you if you're buying the business. Yes, this... uh on surface does appear something very basic and fundamental, but I've seen, anecdotally speaking, a lot of uh, business buyers especially get into a bind, especially when they're not using brokers or they're buying the business for the first time from the seller. They trust the seller about the lease. I've had people tell me, hey, you know, we bought this business uh, six months ago and I was told there's a 10-year lease remaining and after purchasing three months later, the landlord sends them a letter saying, hey, you have two months to leave. And uh, they didn't bother to check the lease. And for many cases, it's illegal to buy a business and have a sublease without the landlord's knowledge. And and as we've said before, usually in these transactions, of course, every situation is different and there may be specific circumstances for different situations. But generally speaking, the legal entity that owns the business isn't transferring. That business, the legal entity as it is, is shutting down and a new legal entity is usually being formed. So there really is no way for that to transfer without some kind of assignment or some kind of documentation there, like you mentioned, with the landlord or the owner of the piece of equipment or that kind of thing. Correct. And uh, I would say 99.5% of the time, it's an asset sale. There are some instances where there's a stock sale or where the entity uh, membership transfers over to the new buyers. But for our discussion, let's uh, just uh, take it that all sales are asset purchase sales. So the business name, the phone number, everything, that's an asset of the business. So 
you could have a LLC or existing corporation not related to the business at all. You could have ABC Foods and you're buying a liquor store and you can do business at that XYZ liquor store. So when people uh, buy a business or they have a transaction, they think after signing and transferring the money, it's done. No, it's not done. There are some covenants that or considerations that have to survive past the transaction. And people have to be mindful. Both parties have to be mindful of those. And so uh, lease is a very good example of that. You don't want to buy a business and find out you don't have a lease. And why would somebody do that? I don't know. It's for the same reason, people don't use brokers at times. Or at the very least, they should use an attorney. And attorneys are your best friend. Before you sign and close the deal, have a good attorney, look at it. If you don't want to hire him to do the transaction, at least pay him for a few hours, take a look at the, all the details, and I guarantee you uh, the attorneys will bring all these things up and save the buyer a lot of trouble into the future. Now, same thing as uh, for the lease is also equipment. There are some equipments, especially in restaurants, that are leased by the month. And uh, those things, uh, for the seller, it's important to transfer the lease or terminate his lease before he sells the business. You're only responsible for paying monthly charges on a business, on equipment that you don't use. You already sold the restaurant to somebody else and the next guy is just using the equipment and not paying the rent and you're going to be held responsible for all the charges that haven't been paid. Another key point to make sure that's included in an agreement, whether you're buying or selling a business, is what happens to and how work in progress. I guess this is particularly for a service business or at least something where goods might be being created for orders. Talk about how that generally is structured in an, in an asset sale. Yes, service business or manufacturing business, for example, somebody doing small construction. They have orders two months into the future and they have already paid for the material. They have the material, but they haven't actually done the work. So that has to be detailed and listed and accounted for. So you don't want to have any arguments later on. Uh, you don't want the client to say, hey, I paid this guy 100% and he hasn't done the work. Well, you're going to do all the work and you have the material for which you're going to reimburse the seller, but the labor is yours. It, it's your labor to spend, uh, money to spend and whatever profits, profits you make, they're yours. So you want to have that cleared up uh, beforehand. Later on, you don't uh, want to have a situation where you're going back and forth. Hey, we didn't know about this contract or this that contract. And if it's a legal document like asset purchase agreement, both parties will be held liable for whatever information they put into it and they don't have any misleading information going in. Another key point we've talked about before, and I know this is an important one, absolutely, is the concept of a non-compete for the seller of the business. Talk about how that's important and how that's usually structured in common uh, agreements. That's the most important aspect of any business sale and also the most overlooked or misunderstood by usually the buyer and the seller. Now, if you're paying somebody half a million dollars or a million dollars for the business, you want to make sure that the business is yours and the clients are yours. You don't want to have your the previous owner of the business surface back in two months and start competing with you. And uh, I have seen in th these situations where somebody buys a business and the seller of the business opens the same business with the same name two blocks away and taking all the traffic away from the 
a poor buyer. And you ask the buyer, well, how did that happen? Well, I didn't think about it. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Every business buyer should preserve his investment by making sure that he's buying something that's going to earn him the returns that he's promised by the seller, and the seller won't take away his business. At the same token, sometimes business buyers do get overboard and they make very restrictive uh, covenant not to compete from the business seller. Now, everybody has a right to earn a living and you just can't take away their livelihood. Now, you know, if it's fair, a certain amount of time, like say three years, four years of a reasonable radius, five miles, 10 miles, 20 miles, depending on the industry and the kind of business. And this is where I tell, you know, we have our own attorneys doing the transaction, but I always tell the seller and the buyer, go to an attorney who knows this, because this is a very delicate subject and you can go wrong. Get your attorney to sort it out and make sure you're not making any mistakes on this uh, part of the transaction because you make a mistake and the whole thing goes away and you're left at your own means. Uh, so you gotta be very careful. And this is something that survives post sale. Now, I've had situations where I've had a transaction done and get to know the people very well and uh, you need some services. Three years later, I call up the business seller. Hey, you know, the business buyer is not responding and I need his services. Do you know anybody else who's in the same business? He said, well, I am. I said, didn't you have a non-compete? He said, well, I did. But we sat down and we spoke and we discussed and I bought out my non-compete. So that can be done, you know, whether it's 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, depends on the kind of thing. But there's a way to do things legally and to the mutual satisfaction of both parties. And as you mentioned there, the, the non-compete, I know you have a right to earn a living. If it gets too restrictive, a court could toss that. And so that's why you want to make sure that it's reasonable. But at the same time, as you mentioned, have those opportunities for a buyout and different things like that, that can make that more flexible to support different operations. What we're talking about here is different things you want to make sure you have in a purchase agreement. If you're buying a business, if you're selling a business, the things you need to have in there, you might not think about that could protect you, your buyer, your seller, that you want to make sure that are in there. You want to have an expert on your side if you're doing this. Don't try to do it yourself. You might forget something you don't know, and you don't want that to happen. Sunil and his team at Austin Business Brokers are ready to help you. 512-800-7085 is the phone number. 512-800-7085. ABBTX.com slash radio. The website there. There's actually a form on that page. Hop on there. Pop in a question if you've got any questions when it comes to buying a business, selling a business, the transaction process, different things you need to know. We'll talk about them here once a month here on Ask the Experts with our guest, Sunil Verma from Austin Business Brokers. Again, that website, abbtx.com slash radio. Sunil, time for a break here on Ask the Experts. We're back in a few moments right here on Talk 1370's Ask the Experts. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Talk 1370's Ask the Experts, the show all about your health, your life, your home, and so much more with our rotating cast of experts. Don't forget, you can catch up with past episodes anytime. Talk1370.com slash experts on the Odyssey app as well. Check that out in your phone's app store. Click on Talk 1370, click on Ask the Experts, and it's right there for you. Our guest today is Sunil Verma with Austin Business Brokers. Sunil, back to our list of important things to make sure you've got in a purchase agreement between both parties when it comes to transferring a business. And this is where the legalese kicks in. Mutual indemnification, insurance, and other miscellaneous leases. Talk about how that's sometimes a forgotten aspect of a business transfer. Well, especially when uh, two parties are not using a broker, or even sometimes when they use a broker, the broker is not very knowledgeable of how to conduct the transaction. I've had instances where the seller of the business would hire a broker and the broker would advertise. And once he gets a buyer, he introduces both parties and he tells them, you're on your own. I have nothing to do with it. I'm just a procuring cause and I'm not going to assist you in any shape or form. And you're on your own. He's basically like a matchmaker and, yeah. and just tosses you to the wolves from there. Exactly. And the seller should rather just put a sign outside and saying, hey, you know, come and talk to me. So that's not doing a good service to either party. And uh, a good broker would have a team of attorneys, in-house attorneys, drafting all these documents, making sure every aspect of a transaction is covered. As you know, there's a lot of moving parts. And until you've done a certain number of transactions, 50, 60, 70 transactions, some of the things that go into a contract will not occur. And if they don't know, the broker doesn't know what might happen, he won't address those things. And then on the other hand, some brokers... Uh, just take too much liberty with the transaction and they do the asset allocation on their own. Now, that's something that has to be filed with the IRS. At the end of the year, it's called Form 8594 and both parties have to be in agreement. So that's best left to the CPAs and attorneys of either party to come at that mutually agreed number. But on the other hand, when you write a contract or present it to both parties, there should be a clause which indemnifies the buyer from the seller and seller from the buyer. Simply said, anything that happens prior to the transaction is the responsibility of the seller because he was the business owner at that point. And once the buyer takes for the business, anything that occurs to the business is the responsibility of the new owner, the buyer. And they have to, they should, as a good practice, have that in written so later on there is no ambiguity or 
arguments or you know confusion later on down the road. And it's another one of those cases too, where it it seems like as we're talking about it, it seems like common sense, but sometimes it's not. And if it's not in the agreement, it can definitely turn into problems should something pop up either after the trans. Certainly, if something pops up after the transaction. Yes. So it's always better to address those things beforehand. And it's very common for the buyer and the seller, not using a broker or an attorney, to just have a very simple agreement. They don't think ahead. Sometimes they don't. They just want to sell the business, but they don't want to sell the business name. Now, if you're a business buyer, that doesn't sound like a very good proposition for you. You want to use the utilize the goodwill that the business owner has built up over the years, and for that he has put a value on the business uh, because he's generating so much of revenue and so much of uh, income. You want to have the continuity, but if you change the business name, you're liable to lose some accounts or you have to start all over again with the public in general to get exposure and get business. Again, you know, if you're dealing as a business buyer and there's no broker involved, I would always recommend seek an advice of an attorney before you finalize the agreement. Let's move into, we've talked about assets and non-competes and some other legal aspects that you want to make sure are covered in a purchase agreement. Now let's move into what most people are mostly concerned about when it comes to this, and that's the money. Accounts receivable, accounts payable, two important components of any healthy business. Talk about the different nuances you want to make sure are covered when it comes to AR and AP in a business transfer and a purchase agreement transaction. Yes, a couple of aspects on that. Number one, if there's work in progress involved and the contract might finish or the job might finish in three, four months down the road, everything needs to be spelled out what percentage of the expenses and the work has been put in by the current owner. So the new buyer will reimburse the seller for that amount he's already put out of his pocket. Accordingly, that percentage of the profits. Now, moving forward, everything that the new owner, the buyer will do will go into his pocket, but he has to make sure that both parties are being fairly compensated. Secondly, of the work past done, most of the business have terms with their clients, and there might be net 30, net 40, and the money has not come in, but the work has been completed 100%. And a good business uh, seller will itemize all the invoices and hand it over to the new owner saying, hey, these checks will come in, these are mine, against these invoices, and uh, this amount. And it's better to lay it down first. And later on, six months from now, you call the client and say, hey, it was paid four months ago. At least you have everything itemized and you have exhibits, lists of all the invoices. So just to keep both parties fair and honest. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, it could be a case, maybe you're talking about a construction business where the business seller has already purchased all the materials they need, but maybe they haven't done the job yet. And so the new buyer is on the hook for the labor involved. But since the seller had purchased the materials in advance, they're entitled to at least reimbursement for their costs as well as maybe a percentage of the profits for what they would have made off of the sale of those materials. Correct. Another key component to a purchase agreement that you want to make sure your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, taxes and who's responsible for what portion of the taxes in a transaction. Sunil, talk about that a little bit and what's common and some of the pitfalls that people run across there. Yes, briefly, like we referred to the asset allocation, the business seller will end up paying taxes, capital gains taxes, ordinary uh, taxes on the receivables from the sale of the business. 
Now, sometimes it's best to, in all in all instances, it's best left to the CPAs of the buyer and the seller. For example, the seller of the business might have depreciated his equipment and his building and everything else. Now, you know, he might have equipment worth a million dollars and he's already depreciated a million dollars. But when you sell the business and you allocate some amount to the equipment, well, guess what? The IRS will recapture the depreciation. So uh, you don't want to be in surprises later on and your CPA will advise you how to go about it. And I think uh, in most cases, when they have all the information, the CPA of the buyer and the seller will come to an agreement and it's going to be a done deal. Secondly, in terms of taxes, every business has uh, property taxes, personal uh, property taxes for the business. Those goes to uh, the assessor's uh, office for schools and things like that. Now, typically those bills will come in at the end of the year. So if you're selling the business in July and the bill will come up next January, a good uh, attorney or escrow officer will always take those taxes from the seller. So, for example, it's $2,000 a year in taxes. The seller of the business will pay $1,000 to the buyer. So in January, when the bill comes in for $2,000, he's already gotten $1,000. He'll add another $1,000 and pay off the county. So those things, now the sale was done six months ago. All those things have to be addressed now. So later on, there is no problem. Almost like an informal escrow account, essentially, that's a part of the the, right. ad, the purchase it, agreement. Correct. It's a proration. Mm-hmm. The buyer of the business will get paid now. And he'll add up his share and write the check when the bill comes due. Another component we haven't really talked about much but could certainly get complicated is if, as a part of this purchase agreement, you've got seller financing involved. If the seller uh, chooses to give that benefit of financing the purchase to the new buyer. And then also the concept of earnouts. Talk about that a little bit and how that's usually structured in an agreement or at least some of the pitfalls you need to be aware of. Well, seller financing is usually done two ways. Number one, straight uh, APR interest payments made every month for the term of the loan usually it's three years, four years, five years. Or typically, the rate that the seller will offer will be slightly lower than what the bank will offer. And it's beneficial for the buyer. He'll be paying less interest and less paperwork and all those hassles. And he'll have the confidence of uh, the business owner knowing he's confident that he's willing to loan the money. All these need to be uh, spelled out and it's pretty straightforward. But in some instances, there's what we call the earnout where there's a promise of higher earnings and higher profits. So they will come up with a formula. A certain percentage of the sales or the profits will go to the business seller who holds the note. And sometimes he might end up getting more than what he bargained for because the business is doing very well. So that needs to be drafted very well. Again, take the advice of your attorney, attorney who does contract law and business law. They will know all those things. And uh, this is very helpful, and I would advise go with the percentage of sales rather than the profits, because you could have some uh, Hollywood accounting to you know minimize the profits. So sales is a good indicator in this kind of situation. And the last thing on our list here of, of key items you want to make sure are covered in a purchase agreement, whether you're the buyer, the seller, either side, you want to make sure you're protected, is another legal concept here, 
the buyer being held harmless for any debts, claims, and actions prior to transfer, and the buyer communicating to the seller of any deductions from an existing seller carry note. A lot of legal legal jargon there. Spell that out for us, Sunil. Break that down a little bit and some of the pitfalls that need to be accommodated for in a purchase agreement. Well, again, it goes back to mutual indemnification by both parties for each other. If something, some claim or action that is there prior to the transfer of the business, the seller will be responsible to notify that to the buyer. Sometimes he's not aware. Sometimes they crop up later. You know, there might be an invoice that wasn't billed and it shows up six months later, you know, you got to pay it. And for that, you need to state that in the contract saying the uh, owner of the business, when that claim was made, will be responsible. So if I was the business owner a year from uh, prior to uh, today, and if something shows up, some claim or something, some insurance overbilling, I'll be responsible for that. And when there's a seller finance note in there, just like a landlord, you know, if you have a landlord, he's not fixing a thing, and then you say, hey, I'll fix it at my own expense. I'll call the plumber, but I'll take it out of my deposit of my next month's rent. But you can't do it willy-nilly. You need to notify the other party, tell them, hey, I'm giving you notice. It's your responsibility to take care of it. If you don't take care of it, Here's the documentation. I will take care of it and take it out of my balance. Let's say, you know, uh, I owe you $100,000 and the expense is $10,000. I'll take it out of that. As we've talked about, key components you want to make sure are in a purchase agreement, whether you're buying a business, selling a business. You don't know what you don't know. That's the bottom line here. And that's why it's important to have someone who has done these transactions before, many transactions across many different industries. And that's what Sunil Verma, our guest today on Ask the Experts, brings to the table. Austin Business Brokers, 512-800-7085, 800-7085 on the web at abbtx.com abbtx.com slash radio there's a special form there if you've got a question about buying or selling a business something to do with the process there that you want us to answer here on ask the experts fill out that form there Snell will be happy to answer that question on a future episode here on ask the experts Our guest, Sunil Verma, Austin Business Brokers, 512-800-7085, 512-800-7085. Sunil, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll be back with more next time right here on Talk 1370's Ask the Experts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.